You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. So good to have you out. I'm excited to be here. How incredible was that time of worship. Man, so glad I came to church tonight. Uh, Grow Track has happened today. So I just want to let you know that if you missed today's growth track session, it's okay because every single month we just start that thing round again. So on the first Sunday of every month, we start growth track. It's a three-week course. We believe that every single one of you is gifted. We think God's put something on your life and we want to help you discover what that is. That's what growth track is all about. So I want to encourage you, if you missed out on this month's growth track, you can jump in on March on the first week of March. Can you believe we're planning for March already? March is my birthday month. Just want to let you know. My uh, birthday is at the very end of March on the 31st, the end of the financial year, just so you can get yourselves all sorted. Mum and Dad always called me an unnecessary expense at the end of the financial year. I know, I know. Uh, If you do want to sign up for Growth Track, you can do it through the Connect cards in the back of the seats in front of you. Today, we are finishing our series that we have called Refresh. And I'm not sure about you, but I have really appreciated some of the things that we have talked about as we begun a new year, refreshing our faith and refreshing some of the things that God wants to do in our life. And we're speaking today, we're looking at Proverbs chapter 11. We're starting in verse 24. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, It says, Give freely and become wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Now, to me, that sounds a little backwards, doesn't it? Like if I give everything away, surely I should be left without, not the other way around. How can I give everything and yet still have everything left over. That seems a little countercultural. It seems a little strange. It's backwards, it's upside down. Uh, I love to do a good declutter, a good clear out. I love getting rid of stuff. It's probably one of my favorite activities, a little strange, I know. Uh, But one of the things I have to do that a lot with is um, we've got two growing boys, it's their clothing. They grow like weeds, and so, so often I have to get rid of all their clothing, so I pack them into bags, I load them into the car, I drive them down to the clothing bank or one of the charity shops, or I give them to somebody else who needs them. But what I find is that I cannot get rid of them fast enough. The more I get rid of, the more they grow, and we also have a number of people in our world who are a little bit older than them, friends, family, cousins, who like to give their stuff to these boys. So hand-me-downs come our way often. I kid you not, there have been multiple times where I have got those things out the door and turned around to find someone else has dropped some on my doorstep. I just can't get rid of the stuff. It's kind of what it's like with the blessing of God. It seems unnatural to us that the more we give and yet we keep receiving from Him, that we're giving out and yet actually at the same time we're being replenished. But that's what Proverbs 11 is trying to teach us. Proverbs 11 is teaching us that the more you give, the more you will begin to discover how the blessing of God can arrive on your doorstep. And so often I find that it arrives on my doorstep at just the moment I needed it most. When I am feeling tired, 
when I am feeling worn out, when I need that refreshing, when I have given and given and given and felt like I cannot give anymore, there has been like a knock at my door for some of someone. Literally, sometimes it's a knock at the door of someone bringing me something to encourage me. Sometimes it's an email that's come into my inbox that's just sent there to encourage me. Sometimes it's a text message. Sometimes it's a gift on my desk. It's that refreshing when we need it most. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I wanna give you three things that I think, some very practical things that I think we, you and I could do to refresh others. We can do these things every single day. The first thing is this, whenever possible, speak blessing. Whenever possible, speak blessing. Now that word blessing sounds like a fuddy-duddy way of saying, say nice things. (laughs) Be kind, say encouraging things. But I have to tell you, that blessing, to speak blessing, actually carries a whole lot more significance than just complimenting someone on their new haircut. See, in the Bible, blessing was actually a big deal. Blessing was often spoken and it was something that was passed from generation to generation. In fact, it was often something that a father would speak over their firstborn when they were about to die. Do you remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Can you remember Jacob was the younger brother and he dressed up hairy like his older brother Esau and tricked his father into giving him the blessing of the firstborn instead of giving it to Esau? This was a big deal. This moment, that moment where Jacob stole the blessing actually changed the the lives of Jacob and Esau for generations to come after that. A blessing can carry huge significance. It's weighty. And I wanna suggest to you today that your words, your words of blessing that you can speak, the encouragement that can come out of your mouth, the words that you can speak into someone else's life is weighty. It carries significance. And I wanna encourage you today to use those words to refresh others. A blessing is a proclamation that's spoken over someone declaring the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the promises of God that He's got over them. When you speak a blessing, over someone's life. It's like you're agreeing with Scripture. It's like you're agreeing with the Word of God saying, yes, don't you remember God said this about you? And don't you remember He's promised this over your life? It's like we're saying yes and amen to the promises that God has for that person. One of my parenting strategies is the repeat after me strategy. When, my, when I'm dropping my boys at school, there's conveniently, there's a bus that goes from the school to church. It's very convenient. I do like it that way. And so at the end of the day, the boys just jump on the bus and they appear here at church. So magic. But it has, takes me a little bit to get them there, to get them to remember, because they don't always remember that they've got to get on the bus. So I, at, when I drop them off at school, I need them to remember. I need it to stick in their head that I'm getting on the bus. So I say to them, okay, boys, repeat after me. Catch the bus, catch the bus, catch the bus, catch the bus. They're in the car going, catch the bus, catch the bus, catch the bus. Got it, catch the bus. <laughs> I'm really hoping they catch the bus. And with my youngest son, Rocky, I can remember when he was little, when he was like two, and, and sometimes he would get so upset that he'd get really worked up and we'd find it hard to calm him down. So I'd often have to grab him by the shoulders and say, hey, Rocky, say, Rocky, stop crying. Rocky, stop crying. And he'd say, Rocky, stop, stop crying. Rocky, Rocky, stop crying. And it would work. He would stop crying. 
Because there's a connection between what you say, the words that you speak, and the actions that then take place, the actions that we take. And I think that there are times when God commissions each one of us to grab each other by the shoulders and say, hey, listen to me. I'm going to speak the words of God over you. Paul does it numerous times in his letters when he writes letters to the churches. He does it to the Thessalonian church. He says, he says, he grabs him by the shoulders, so to speak, in his letter, and he says, hey, I thank God for you. I thank God for you because he's called each one of you for the salvation. He's reminding them. He's saying, hey, don't you remember that God has called you? He's called you by name. He's chosen you. He says, stand firm. He says, may you be encouraged. He says, hey, I want to strengthen you right now by reminding you of the call of God on your life. He's speaking blessing over them. Do you realize today that your words are powerful? They are powerful and they can carry such significance in someone else's life. Romans 1 verse 12 says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Could you be so generous with your words, with your blessing, with your encouragement, that not only do you encourage them, but they encourage you. Our words can refresh others. Our words can refresh others. Number two, here's what I think we could do. We could give freely from your place of prosperity. Give freely from your place of prosperity. Just this week, um, I was at Countdown. I had my two boys with me. We were at Countdown just picking up a, th- a few random things that we needed. I was in a bit of a hurry. W- two of the things that I needed was bread and puppy food. And so I grabbed two loaves of bread and two bags of puppy food. How many of you know that puppies are like children? They go through this stuff real quick. Uh, so I grabbed those things. I grabbed a number of other things as well and was making my way out of Countdown when I noticed a woman sitting down by the entry holding a sign, asking for help, asking for food, I look into my trolley, I see the two loaves of bread, so I pull out one loaf and I give it to her, and then I'm in a hurry, so I quickly move on. When the boys call out to me, I'm doing that mum march, you know, when she, I'm like screeching ahead in front of them, and they're like dawdling behind, but I'm like, I'm on a mission, we're in a hurry, I've got to get somewhere, so I'm marching ahead. And they're like, hey, mom. And I turn around, they're stopped in their tracks. Judah's got the trolley. And he says, mom, she had a puppy. And then he looks at the puppy food, the two bags of puppy food. He says, we have two, she has none. Can we give her one? So I said, sure, go ahead. He runs back, gives her the puppy food. She has, we have two, she has none. Where in your life have you got two? Where in your life have you got double what you need? Where in your life have you got prosperity and overflow? Start there. Give from that place. Give freely from there. Listen, it might not be in the area of finance. It might not be, although it might be in the area of business. But there are many other places that we could give out of our prosperity. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe or even in friendships. Maybe God has blessed you in that area and you're like, man, I could help some people. I see some people around me who just, 
struggling and I feel like God's blessed me in this area. I could reach out and I could help somebody. Maybe God has blessed you with something in your life. He's given you double what you need. He's given you overflow. Listen, this is what God calls it. He says it's a gift. He gifts every single one of us and it is out of that gifting that we overflow in prosperity. It is out of that place of gifting that we actually have more. That's what it, why it's called like a gift. It's given to us. It's, it's where He wants us to give freely from. Bible talks about how our gifts are not meant for us alone. All throughout Corinthians, it speaks of the fact that our gifts are not for personal gain, but they are for building others up over and over again. Whenever it talks about the gifts, it talks about how they are given for the benefit of others, to build the church, to build one another. And I want to encourage you today to discover what your gift is by going to growth track and then give freely out of that place. Romans 1.11, for I long to visit you so that I can bring you some spiritual gift. Why? So that it might help you grow strong in the Lord. Grow strong in the Lord. You know, Shane, one of our um, pastors at our city campus, his um, parents live in China and he was telling us the story about when his dad retired. See, his dad was a really talented musician. He was very skilled in Chinese traditional music and he was amazing at it. It was a gift on his life, but it didn't come with much of an income. So when he was raising a family, he had to change his career and he had to put down the music thing and moved into an office job. He became very successful and he became a manager and, and just really, he loved his job. He had a great season um, in his career. And then he retired at 65 and Shane was a little bit worried about his dad. He was a little bit concerned. He thought, I've heard that when people retire, they get bored, they get cranky, they just lose their joy, they lose their purpose. And he was, I don't want that to happen to my dad. So he has a chat with his dad. He's like, hey, dad, what are you going to do when you retire? He says, don't worry about me, son. I've got so many plans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Your mum and I are just going to enjoy life. We're going to go off and do all the things we've always wanted to do. But the thing was, was that after a few years, Shane noticed they weren't doing any of those things. They weren't doing any of the things that they planned to do and enjoy. And what happened was exactly what Shane was worried about. His dad became sort of lost his purpose. He lost his faith. He became grumpy. And he just, it wasn't the same dad that he knew until he was asked by a school a number of miles away. So he had to travel quite far to get there. Asked by a school to come and teach a bunch of kids music, traditional Chinese music. There wasn't many other people that really had the skill that he had in this area. And so what started off as a three-month gig became a three-year gig. And he would travel to the school every single week and teach these kids. And what happened was not only did these kids grow and learn and experience this incredible opportunity, but he got his spark back. The, him, he used his gift not just to refresh others, but he was replenished. Uh, Shane said he just could see the joy back in his dad's life. How? From getting? No, from giving. He used his gift to refresh others. Now, I'm not saying you have to wait till you're super successful or even retired before you begin to give out of your place of prosperity. No, I'm saying, where are you seeing the blessing of God in your life right now? 
Where is it already starting to flow? Start there. Start there. Where do you see God's hand in your life? Where are you seeing God's favour poured out over you? Be generous. Be generous because our prosperity can bring refreshing to others. So give out of your place of prosperity. Number three, this is my favourite one. Let your praise be loud. Let your praise be loud. Be generous with your praise reports about the things that God has done in your life because it will restore and refresh the faith of others. There's so much power in our testimony. There's so much power in us saying, man, God did this for me and God did that for me and telling the story of God's goodness over your life because it will bring refreshing to someone who needs it. Many of you will know pastors Adam and Darcy Frost. They're the lead pastors of our Pabakura campus. And if you follow them on Instagram or if you've heard them speak at all, you might have heard them talk a little bit about their journey to have a baby. For a number of years, they'd been trying to have a baby about number of times just met heartache along the way, a really difficult journey for them. And they shared it quite openly in the most recent years. And one of the things that they shared was that they had made a decision to along the journey, a difficult journey, to carry confetti. To carry confetti. They wanted to make sure that when their miracle came, and he did in the form of little Boston, who was very cute and chubby, uh, They wanted to make sure that when their miracle came, they were ready to celebrate. So they had this phrase, carry confetti. And what I love about it is that, guys, confetti's not quiet. Confetti isn't on the down low. Confetti is bright. Confetti is loud, especially if it's coming from a party popper. Confetti is obvious. It doesn't go unnoticed. It's loud. It gets your attention. Let your praise be loud. Let the story of your miracle be bright, be seen, be heard, be loud. Come on, one of the things I love about the 5 p.m. is that you guys don't praise quiet because praise is not a quiet activity. Praise is supposed to be loud. It's supposed to be a celebration. Come on, it's supposed to be heard. And I want to encourage you, if God has done something good in your life, tell somebody. Let it be loud. Psalm 71, 23 says, I will shout. I will shout for joy and sing your praises for you have ransomed me. I'm reminded of David. David in Scripture dancing before the Lord in his undergarments, might I add, in front of everyone, in front of all of his people, in front of all of his servants. He must have been going so crazy because his wife was embarrassed. She was like, hey, honey, can you just, but he didn't shy back. He didn't shrink back. He didn't shy away. He's like, I'm praising the Lord. I'm just gonna, this is me. This is it. I'm telling people 
all that I have seen and heard about the goodness and faithfulness of God. Be generous with your praise report. Be generous with your praise because it can refresh others on the journey. When others are on the journey, they can be encouraged by your stories of answered prayer. When others are on the journey, they can be encouraged by your story of hearing God's faithfulness and seeing God's faithfulness. I can remember when we were praying for our most recent house, we were selling and buying and Man, I was over it and I was beginning to doubt and my faith was waning and I was like, oh, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. And then I just happened to bump into a lady out in the car park and I didn't even say anything. I just said hi. And she suddenly starts saying to me, have I told you about our miracle house story? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't know at that point if I really wanted to hear about her miracle house story. I'd rather hear about my miracle house story. But she started to tell me about this incredible journey that they'd been on of selling and finding this amazing house. And do you know what? By the end of the conversation, my faith was reinvigorated. My faith was refreshed. I was ready to believe again for my own story. Your stories of faith and praise can refresh someone else. Amen? Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I'm going to ask the team to come and join me now. We run a, a women's conference here every year on a normal year, right? We all know what this is. This is not a normal year. Uh, but on a normal year, we'd usually run a, a women's conference. And uh, about three years ago, we had a speaker named um, Diana Nepstad from uh, the United States. And she came over. She was amazing. And what happens when we get a guest speaker is that uh, we work them really hard. <laughs> we get them done. We think, well, you traveled all this way. We're going to make the most of you. And so we put them in back-to-back -back sessions. They are praying for people after their session. They're doing Q&As. We just work them to the bone. And, and they are amazing. And so they're giving out a lot. They're speaking a lot. They're talking to lots of people. They're praying for lots of people. They're sharing in lots of sessions. And it is exhausting. When you are a guest speaker at a conference, it's exhausting. And so we always have a room they can go to where they can go, they can just close the door, they can have food, they can refresh, they can replenish, they can just be away for a minute, they can close their eyes if they need to. And we always have someone in the room who's looking after them, making sure they've got what they need, getting coffee for them or tea or whatever, just making sure they're okay. The problem with Diana was that she wouldn't let any of us serve her. She wouldn't let anyone get her anything. She was serving us. And so I had all these people sorted to look after her and she's, I walk in the room and she's like, can I get you a cup of tea? I'm like, um, no, I'm supposed to be getting you the tea. She's like, does anyone want a coffee? I'm going to make a coffee. Does anyone want one? My mum came in to say hi. She's like, oh, hi, mum. Well, can I get you a cup of tea? There's some food over there. Can I serve you a muffin? Do you want to have a seat? Here, take my seat. Come and sit down. We're like, no, stop this. We're supposed to be serving you. We're supposed to be looking after you. But what I loved about Diana is that I think she knew the secret of Proverbs 11, that if one wants refreshing, it comes from refreshing others. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. See, our mentality sometimes is that we've got to hold on if we want to have. And we hold on to our gifts and we hold on to the stuff and we hold on to our praise and we hold on to our words and we hold on because in our minds we think, well, if I want, 
then I need to, to hold on because if I give, then I won't have. But what I'm trying to teach you today is that there's a kingdom principle, that there's a kingdom principle that if we are in the kingdom of God, that we can live by that says, no, 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 no. You can give everything away and still find yourself replenished and refreshed in Him. The the Christian Standard Bible uh, version of the same verse that we've been looking at today says it like this. It says, the one who gives a drink of water will receive water. See, water or rain is often in Scripture used as a picture of God's blessing. It's not a, a, a belief that we carry today as Christians, but in the Old Testament, it was believed that rain signified the blessing of God. So if it was raining, it meant that God was blessing you, that you must have done something right because He was happy, He was pleased with you. But if there was drought, it meant that God was withholding His blessing from you for some reason. You know, while it's not a, a, a belief that we carry that that's what rain signifies today, I like the picture that this rain thing gives us when it comes to talking about this concept of pouring out and yet staying filled. Because if you think about rain, the cloud, the vessel of the rain pours out, doesn't it? The rain pours out. We've seen that over the last, well, it's been kind of mist that's been pouring out, but uh, the rain pours out, but it doesn't stay there, does it? There's this thing called the water cycle. By very nature, by very design through, uh, what is it, condensation, precipitation, and evaporation, the water cycle. Woo, nice. Science, yes. What year? Is that like year four science or something? <laughs> year two, thank you. <laughs> by process of the water cycle, it's, it's by design, it's got to come back up again. And it, and it fills again, and then it pours again. And then it cycles back around and it fills again and then it pours again and it cycles back around and it fills again and it pours again. And I wonder if we could take a look at this natural law and learn something about God's law from it because he often does that. I wonder if this refreshing that's being spoken about in this verse is similar to what goes on here with rain, that by very nature as we give out, it cycles around and we're filled again and then we pour out and it cycles around and we're filled again and then we pour out and it cycles around and we're filled again and then we pour out. Do you need some refreshing today? Do you need some refreshing today? I wonder if the answer is not for us to hold on, but to give freely, to give freely because those who refresh others, will themselves be refreshed. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, we're so thankful for your principles. We're so thankful for your nature, even though sometimes it seems counterculture and upside down and backwards. But Lord, I'm so thankful that in seasons when we need refreshing, we can... You, you refresh us, you bless us, you fill us up again. And Lord, I pray right now over every single person who needs that refreshing. 
right now sitting here today feeling dry or tired and weary, Lord. I just pray over them, Father God. I pray that your anointing would be on them. As they sit there, I pray your Holy Spirit would just fill them again. Lord, I pray your blessing would be on them. Lord, I pray you'd reinvigorate them. God, give them, breathe fresh life into them again. God, I pray there'd be a refreshing that would come over them right now. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would help each one of us as we leave this place today, that you would help each one of us to be generous with our blessing, to speak life over people, to speak encouragement into their world, to encourage them in the promises of God. Lord, I pray that you would show each one of us where we have overflow, that we might give from that place of prosperity. And God, would you help us to be brave enough to shout our praise reports from the rooftop. God, would you give us a zeal and a boldness that doesn't shy away from sharing our miracle stories in such a way that others are refreshed. And in doing so, Lord, I pray that we would feel refreshed ourselves. I want to pray one more prayer just with your head still bowed and eyes still closed. I want to let you know today, I'm not sure if many of you are visiting or, or perhaps, um, I don't know, maybe this is the first time you've been in church. I wonder if this is maybe the first time in a long time and that you've come back into church again. And right now as you sit in your seat, you feel far from God. I want you to know today that his plan for your life is good. He loves you and he's created you and he wants nothing more than to be near to you. And I believe that there are people in this room and you feel it right now, God is just drawing you near to him. See, we all sin, we all mess up, we all make mistakes. And that sin, those mistakes, those trying to go our own way and do it our own way and do our own thing, that separates us from God. But he didn't want us to be separated from him. So he sent his son Jesus to, to live a sinless life on earth and die a sinner's death, and pay the debt that you and I were due for our sin. He paid it all on the cross. And today, today, He's extending forgiveness to you. Forgiveness today and a new life in Him. And I want to invite you to come, pray, just pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray it out loud. You don't have to do that though. You can just pray it in your heart, but I want you to really mean it. Are you ready today? Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due for my sin. Thank you for your forgiveness today. I choose today to give my life to you. From my old life, Lord, I give it over to you now. And I ask that you would make me brand new today. Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.